0: Have you ever had a double or a look-alike? In the era of social media, having someone that looks like you could just be a fun coincidence, but lore would have us believe otherwise. In the mythology of these twin strangers, tragedy could befall you if someone sees your double. Worse yet, seeing your own would mark your certain impending death. While the threat of being replaced by such an entity appears to be nothing more than a movie trope, should we all still fear the horrible possibilities of... Doppelgangers.
1: 13 Degrees of Screams, where we watch and
0: dissect your favorite spooky movies.
1: I'm your host, Alex. And I'm Stephanie. And this is a Mostly Horror Podcast.
0: Each season, we will rank 13 movies on a scariness scale from, you guessed it, 1 to 13.
1: We will uncover the real-life myths and legends that inspire these movies and tell you just how authentic they are.
0: This season, we watched movies all about doppelgangers. Stephanie. Yes. Season 4. It is season 4. Oh my gosh. We're really, like... Running through them.
1: <laughs> I know.
0: Really? Well. <laughs> I don't know. We I felt like we were in the technology season for a long time, though.
1: Forever, yeah. I for think like three years. <laughs> we were over it. I was like, I'm, I'm done. I want something different. <laughs> and I think also the break between season two and three was Maybe that's a fine. lot longer. Yeah. This is only a one-week break. Yeah. We're turning it around, and we're on season four. Yes. I'm excited for Doppelganger. I'm ready for something that's uh, not, like, real, yeah. Per se, you know what I mean like technology, you know what I mean by real? Like technology is a thing that exists every day, but like doppelgangers are more mythical uh, supposedly. Cryptic-
0: <gasps> Stephanie, what do you mean? I'm just saying, I've I'm, seen people tell like about encounters.
1: I'm scared. Um, <laughs> but you, you know what I mean by that? Like Yes. It's not like a thing you see every day.
0: Oh, well yeah, yeah.
1: I'm not saying they don't exist is what I mean, but Right. We don't have to talk about... Because
0: in a way, everything exists, right? Like
1: Um, Santa Claus?
0: (laughs) Oh, yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he exists as a uh, figure. In in, my heart. (laughs) In our culture. (laughs) Yes, that's true. But legitimately. I guess so. Unless there... Who knows? There might be a Santa Claus. Who knows? Or a Krampus. We'll we'll do a Christmas holiday-themed... Season. It yeah. It'll just be.
0: It'll be real silly.
1: <laughs> it's going to be like one horror movie, like one or two horror movies, and the rest are going to be like Holiday. What's that one channel?
0: Oh. Hallmark. Uh, yes. Hallmark
1: uh <laughs> Christmas movies. Yeah. so it's scary. But this season, we're doing Doppelgangers.
0: I'm very excited for it.
1: And we're starting off with a bang, in my opinion.
0: Oh, no. In my opinion, too. This oh, is said. one of my favorites. Oh, okay. Us. Yes.
1: Us. Just us. 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 We had it rated as a nine.
0: I mean, fair. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't know. Well, so the reason I thought it would be not quite as high is because, I mean, I don't think it's that super scary. There's moments of suspense and it's a thriller, but there's a lot of comedy in it, too. So it it evens it out a little bit.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. Also... I feel like I can always, like, rationalize it, too, to be less scary if I think about, like, the so-called villain's, like, origin kind of thing. So if I can, like, justify, like, well, if I was in this situation, I might have done the same thing. Like,
1: <laughs> oh, like what? Yeah. yeah, well, we'll talk about it in yeah, the – yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm trying not to – spoil it although if you're listening to this podcast i'm hoping you either seen the movie or you don't care about spoilers obviously since we're gonna go through the plot we gotta do it we're gonna do it so that's your warning if you didn't already know that but you like you like it
0: yes honestly uh this is i waited to see it even though i really liked it i watched it in theaters loved it looked up a lot of stuff about it yeah because i had lots of questions and I was just waiting to watch it again with this, I guess.
1: Oh, is this the second time you watched it? Yeah. yeah. Me too. I haven't watched it since I saw it in theaters as well, but I really enjoyed it. I just, I don't know. I feel like I don't watch a lot of movies over again if I see them in theaters.
0: I don't know. It doesn't ruin it for you, but when I spaced them close together, then I feel like then...
1: It's too much. I'm going to have to
0: put a longer period in between ever watching it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: And, uh, yeah. Us isn't like one of those movies you could pop in every week, but. Yeah. It's very good.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Are you ready to dive into the movie background? Please discuss the movie background. Okay. Us is a 2019 American psychological horror film written and directed by Jordan Peele, starring Lupita Nyong'o, Winston Duke, Elizabeth Moss, and Tim Heidecker. The film follows Adelaide Wilson and her family, who are attacked by a group of menacing, say it with me now, (laughs) Doppelgangers. So stupid. (laughs) Us premiered at South by Southwest on March 8th, 2019, and was theatrically released in the United States on March 22nd of 2019 by Universal Pictures. It was a critical and commercial success, grossing 256 million worldwide against a budget of 20 million, and received praise for Peel's screenplay and direction, Neongo's performance, and Michael Abdel's musical score. The music, especially the remix of, oh, what's the name
0: of that song? I got five on it?
1: Yeah, five on it. Oh my God. That's what drew me, like the trailer. They oh yeah, that song. the trailer was, like, was
0: great. Yes, honestly, oh, yes. they just recently started using the "I Got five on it in a commercial for Wings recently, and I was like, they don't know that the song is inherently creepy now because of us, right? <laughs> yeah, like, you they, can't touch it anymore.
1: They ruined, well, not ruined it, but but
0: but it, it you has that certain now. theme now. Like, oh, for sure, yeah. But oh well, that's that's their problem. <laughs> yeah. That's their
1: business. <laughs> Although they they might have known and they're like we could capitalize on the success of this film. I don't know. Maybe. So after being dismayed with the genre confusion, quote unquote, over his previous film Get Out, Peele opted to make his next film a full-on horror film. Peele said that the inspiration for us was the Twilight Zone episode Mirror Image, which was centered on a young woman and her evil doppelganger. Peel has also said that the idea of the tethered living underground came from him as a teenager when he would take the train home from work. He said, You get out of a train and you have to go down through an underpass and come out the other side. There's no one else there, just this dark American town. I'd come up and look over to the other side and I'd picture seeing the tail end of myself going down the same tunnel to presumably emerge right near me 30 seconds later. And I can't be seen by that other version of me. It was a very scary day as I saw my double, but I instantly knew it wasn't real and the idea popped into my head.
0: That's scary, though. That (laughs) sounds like he had like a real life experience with somebody that could have been a doppelganger, but also could have been just a double.
1: Yeah, there was this, uh, I kind of, it wasn't a doppelganger, but there was this kid who went to high school right after I graduated Mm -hmm. who looked very similar to me. Yeah, it was it was unsettling because I'm like no, and then someone showed me a picture. I'm like,
0: what the hell? Really? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I had that too. I actually, when I was doing a little research for this, I found out that it's likely that you'll have at least six or seven people in the world that look like you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I met one of them when I was in probably eleventh grade. At, like, a summer camp thing for music um, mm-hmm. at a college, and they they kept on asking us if we were sisters or cousins or something, and I'm like, no. no, never met this girl. That's crazy. Yeah. Weird. But, like, we were friends for a little while after, too. We showed each other photos of, like, us in different shows and stuff like that, and you could almost be like, is that you or is that me in the wrong light?
1: That's horrifying.
0: Yeah. It, some moments it did look more or less that we could be twins in mm-hmm. a way. Yeah. no. No. No.
1: Peel saw the characters of the film as an archetypal foursome, with Adelaide being the leader, Zora being the warrior, Gabe being the jester fool and Jason being the wizard or magician. For her role, Nyang'o had to use a different voice for her character, Red. She said her performance was inspired by the condition spasmodic dysphonia. It's a condition that causes a person's voice to go into periods of spasms. In order to perfect her voice, she worked with an ear, nose and throat doctor, a vocal therapist and a dialect coach. She said and I quote, "Because I had two roles to play, I couldn't afford to damage my voice."
0: I actually heard in an interview too that they would like film the families on different days, so like the doppelganger family on a different day compared to the normal family, mm-hmm. and Jordan Peele would get creeped out because Nayongo was using the creepy red voice even off offset oh really when when they were doing in between takes and stuff yeah it was probably hard to like switch back into
1: yeah one. like once you're in it like it's probably just better to, to yeah, just keep doing it probably so i don't i don't blame her yeah for doing that but
0: okay i'm sorry go ahead oh no you're fine
1: that's a fun fact i did not know that yeah so us has a 93 on rotten tomatoes the website's critical consensus reads with jordan peele's second inventive ambitious horror film we have seen how to beat the sophomore jinx, and it is us. On Metacritic, the film has a weighted score of eighty one out of a hundred based on fifty six critics indicating universal acclaim. So
0: I'm still surprised eighty one out of a hundred.
1: You thought it would have been higher? Yeah,
0: honestly. Yeah,
1: there were actually a decent amount of uh negative reviews, but I was like, I'm not entertaining that. So mm. I didn't put any in. <laughs> no.
0: Why? Right.
1: This is a great movie. Right. Yeah. 93, I could see. It's not perfect, but it's really good.
0: Yeah. Honestly, Us is like my favorite. Favorite out of the Jordan Peele movies. Yeah, honestly. me too. Yeah.
1: For sure. Yes. I, I like it a lot. I like um, anything that takes place in like a singular night and they're being like attacked and they have to like survive the night. Yeah. That, like, that's that's my, also a nice one, too. I, I love that. <laughs> it's
0: my favorite. Yeah. I would say for me, at least out of the three movies that he's done so far, would be Us, then Get Out, then Nope. Yeah.
1: Evidently. I liked Nope. I wasn't a huge fan of Nope. Yeah. Like, the first half I was really hooked towards the end where they're trying to wrangle the alien. I'm like, okay, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: for another season, though. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, like, Aliens or something. Yeah, like, maybe
1: Aliens. What else could it be?
0: <laughs> aliens. Horse
1: machine, Horses.
0: <laughs> that, <laughs> the that, horse season. <laughs> the horse
1: season. God, how how bad would we have it? Or Spirit,
0: like, stallion of the Cimarron, yeah, and Black Beauty. Yeah. Uh, are any of those horror sea movies? Seabiscuit. Sea <laughs> they would all be horse movies. The out. horror of <laughs> biscuit. Horse horror. <laughs> horse
1: horror. <laughs> Horrors. <laughs> yes. We're going to brand that. Yes.
0: Are you ready for the plot? I sure am. So we start off in 1986 on the Santa Cruz Beach boardwalk. We see a young Adelaide Thomas wander away from her parents, spot a man holding a Jeremiah 1111 sign, and enter a fun house. Moments later, she encounters a doppelganger of herself, and we flash to another scene in the past showing that after this incident, she stops speaking and withdraws from her family. Also, I believe it was right before the boardwalk scene uh Jordan Peele does uh give us lovely creepy information about how there's 100,000 like tunnel systems under Oh yeah. under our country alone that some people don't even know what they're for. Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh, thanks." <laughs>
1: <laughs> what? Like is, is there a tunnel under us right now? Oh, you don't like it. I'm scared. <laughs> and then we also see a shot it's during the credits sequence but Wall of
0: rabbits in yes. cages. You're like, why yes. are there bunnies? And you know it's creepy when they get like the German children's choir to sing over it. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's like
1: this theme that plays out mm-hmm. throughout the movie. And it's like chanting.
0: Chanting. Kids. Bunnies. And... Chanting bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> the bunnies are in the background
1: scene.
0: <laughs> good, good <guy>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So moving forward 33 years later, Addie is now going on vacation with her husband, Gabe, Wilson, and their children, Sora and Jason. Addie is reluctant to go, but they eventually agree to meet friends at the Santa Cruz beach.
1: Oh, yeah. She's not about this beach.
0: Yeah. She was like, definitely don't want to go there. And I guess she hasn't told anybody about what happened. and Even like her, her parents, it seems to in the flashbacks. She yeah. She never told them.
1: I mean, to be fair, what are you going to say? Like, I saw myself. No one's going to believe you. Yeah. So, yeah. like, even if she did.
0: I guess that's true.
1: I'd be like, she needs help. I mean, she wasn't even talking for a while anyway, so.
0: Yeah, this is, yeah, never mind, whatever. But either way, (laughs) she she wasn't going to go. She didn't want to go. It's a valid question because I'd be like, guys, I saw,
1: you can't believe what I just saw? I saw myself. I would tell everybody. I would tell everyone. I don't even care. I'd be like, well, you're wrong. I saw. I know what I saw. Yes. So Honestly,
0: though, it's it's in, like, the funhouse mirror, too, and. I think I only went in one, maybe around, like, five or six, and I remember being very frustrated by the whole mirror situation. <laughs>
1: yeah, I've definitely run into a mirror yes. here and there trying to get out of one of those. So. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so on the way there, they witness paramedics taking away the bloody body of the of an old man holding a sign identical to one Adelaide saw on the day of the doppelganger encounter. They meet their friends Josh and Kitty Tyler and their twin daughters Becca and Lindsay, there is an apparent class divide between them as every time Gabe mentions Josh. It's about how he has better cars and boats than he owns compared to him or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he, he's got better stuff than him.
1: Yeah. These people suck.
0: Yes. And Kitty discusses like how young and vibrant Addie looks and how she herself has had work done. Kitty has had work done. So it's all very – why are they friends with these people? I know like, it doesn't seem like they really enjoy their company. They're just kind of jealous of the things that they have, I guess at least at least on Gabe's perspective. Gabe is jealous, yes, Gabe wants everything that they have,
1: yeah, with the whole boat situation. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, I mean, I'm sure if you like have friends who are like significantly better off than you, it, you know might yeah, the jealousy is inevitable, maybe I don't know, so I could kind of see it.
0: I guess so. I just,
1: I don't know how these people even met to begin with. That so. is also
0: true. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, otherwise, I'd be like, these people should not be friends with each other.
0: Right. Suddenly, Addie can't find Jason and freaks out. And when she finds him, he has just seen someone strangely similar to the old man, standing still with his arms outstretched and hands bloody near the same funhouse Addie had her encounter in.
1: No one else is gonna...
0: No one else is gonna just talk about that guy? Yeah. Just being completely still. Yeah. Hands outstretched. (laughs)
1: There's a ton of people around. Yeah. It's not like this secluded part of a beach. It's like right on the water. Right. And no one else is seeing the bloody man. Nope. Okay.
0: I don't know why. But yeah.
1: Yeah. Can we talk about Jason for a second? This kid kind of freaks me out a little bit. Like not Uh, even his doppelganger version. Just him. (laughs) uh, How so? The mask and just like, I don't know. That, that, that freaks me out, but there's like something there with him.
0: Yeah, well, there's also lots of theories about whether or not he is the same as Addie In yeah,
1: we'll have to discuss after the plot then yeah. because. Hmm.
0: But I do notice that they have huh. like definitely a closer relationship than her and Zora, and that just could be that Zora is a teenager. So yeah. what are you going to do? <laughs>
1: well, yeah, she sucks, but no, I actually like Zora a lot. No, I like her too. <laughs>
0: But, yeah, I think he has just some, like, emotional scared issues, so he uses the mask to feel safe.
1: Yeah, I mean, him himself doesn't freak me out, but the fact he's, like, quiet and wearing this, I don't even know, is that an animal? What is that? I thought it
0: looked like like, an angry gorilla thing. Yeah,
1: Matt, I'm like, what are you doing? stop it get a better mask <laughs> and
0: I, the thing that unsettles me the most about him is he's just constantly playing with a lighter trying to get it to go off Oh, those sp- yeah thing. that yeah that 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 would be the most concerning to me yeah. honestly if he actually did get it lit <laughs> like, yeah,
1: it cause a fire
0: yeah exactly but here we are <laughs> so adelaide is still upset after they return home about temporarily losing jason and feeling uneasy about all the coincidences that have happened there. So she recognized the old guy. There is, like, also, like, a weird spider thingy that she noticed. Like, they had, like, a little spider statue on oh, the Oh, and
1: then a real spider. And
0: then a, a spider was standing next to it. So it was, like, yeah, the imagery.
1: And a lot of 11-11, like, outside yeah. of the, the sign, I think— the clock's at 11-11. Oh,
0: yeah, when she goes to tuck him in for bed. Yeah. The, she goes to tuck Jason in, he notices 11-11. Yeah,
1: a couple instances of 11-11. And I don't even remember what that passage is.
0: So, the Jeremiah eleven eleven passage from the King James Bible reads, Therefore thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. So, sounds pleasant. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a good time. Sounds like that's what you want your best friend to say.
1: Right. So, that's ominous, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: right. For okay. sure. Okay. Sounds like a lot of suffering. <laughs> so, she was upset about all the coincidences there. And she actually tells Gabe about her experience for the first time about what happened to her as a child mm-hmm. and begs him to take her and their family home. Uh, right then, the power goes out and they just
1: start freaking out. <laughs> Dude, Yeah. If I was her, I would just like lay down and just give up. I'm like, no.
0: It's happening. It's happening.
1: <laughs> like after all those coincidences and the power's going out. Yeah. Like, once the power's going out, I'm just gonna assume something evil is coming.
0: Yeah, they comment. <laughs> And uh, Jason just happens to notice that there's a family of four in the driveway who stand there for a very long time. That's the most unsettling thing, I think, just waiting for them to make a move.
1: Yeah, that's the thing that freaks me out the most is I think I may have mentioned this on another episode. I can't quite remember. But like seeing things in the distance. Oh, yeah, when we talked about one missed call, like seeing things in the distance, Mm -hmm. standing there staring at you. That's what freaks me out. Yeah. And they're kind of – under the shadow like you can't see them very well and they're like kind of far from yeah you really
0: only see their like silhouettes and they're just like holding hands and it's like four people on top of a hill just staring down at your house like, what are you doing yeah why are you here yeah and even when they break in like it like i don't feel like truly settled until they actually start trying to converse with them
1: yeah like <laughs> until you figure out what their motive is yeah The unknown.
0: Yes, exactly. So Gabe makes some, like, hasty threats with a baseball bat, but they do eventually break in and wrangle the family into the living room to tell them a story. (laughs) Fun little story. Yeah, it's not that great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when they all sit down, they realize that these people, these intruders, are duplicates of themselves. There's Pluto, Jason's pyromaniac, facially scarred and masked double. There's Umbra, Sora's sadistic double, Abraham, Gabe's animalistic double, and Red, Adelaide's double. And just Red. Just Red.
1: She's, she's uh, the leader of yes. this group.
0: Yes. So Red is the only double who can speak, albeit in a guttural, raspy voice. And she explains that they've been living as their counterpart's shadow, forced to live their lives as a crude emulation of theirs. So, whenever, i.e., whenever Addie ate, she received delicious warm meals. And when Red replicated what Addie was currently doing, she ate raw, bloody rabbit. And when Addie married Gabe, Red was forced to be with Abraham. And
1: she's like, I hate this guy. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, why did you pick him? Like, anyone else? Right.
0: And the births that she talked about were unsettling, too. I guess Umbro was born laughing and. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Pluto was born to like fire, and she needed a C-section for Jason, at least Addie did. So, Red had to do it herself. Uh, Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah, don't like that.
1: Yeah, no, it's not great. So, Mm. yeah, they're all underground, basically.
0: Yeah, replicating their every movements. And we'll go into it a little bit further once we actually see it for ourselves, but— that's exactly what they've described to them. So Red then reveals that they are called the Tethered, as they share a soul with their counterparts and have come to untether themselves.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're like no <laughs> more.
0: Right. The Wilsons are then separated and terrorized by their own doppelgangers. Sora is chased by Umbra. By the way, I like the name Umbra. I think it's really cool. Yeah, I think it's.
1: I think that's pronounced Umbra. Maybe Umbre? Yeah, because of the E. I,
0: I think it was kind of hard wrong. to understand her because she was like, "Umbre
1: yeah. <laughs> I thought it was Umbre, but it could be Umbra. <laughs> in any case, yeah, Umbra means darkness. Yeah, like letter, it means shadow. Shadow, so. or yes, and what is it, Latin?
0: Yeah, I just think it's cool and creepy. So Zora is chased by. Umbre through the neighborhood and gets away when Umbre stops to kill someone.
1: <laughs> she is intense. Yeah. Like,
0: like always smiling. Too. Always
1: smiling. And like, when Zora runs away, like, she waits a good amount of time to give her like a head start. Cause she knows she'll catch her. Oh, she's fast as fuck. Yeah. Like she's down that street. Right. And it was so frustrating because Zora could have like, just ducked into the trees or something. Yeah. She stays on the road. Just goes straight down a road. I'm like Just turn into the sh- trees and try to hide at least. Yeah. But she got caught real fast. No. <laughs> uh, but she's, yeah, she's scary.
0: Yeah. And Jason discovers that Pluto mirrors his actions and they're kind of like playing in a closet, showing each other their tricks. And Pluto is wearing like a full head mask. Mm-hmm. And Jason convinces him to... Like, unveil himself because he's mimicking him. And uh, you just see that his face is completely like scarred up because he's been like burned so badly. Mm. And eventually he locks him in a closet to get away from him. So there's that. And he and Addie escape Red when she goes to help Pluto out of the closet. And they meet Gabe and Zora outside. And Gabe has actually killed Abraham in his boat by hitting him in the head and throwing him off the boat.
1: Yeah. And they they come back
0: together at the dock and escape in Gabe's boat.
1: This is frickin' boat,
0: man. Yes. It's called Crawdaddy or something. Yeah, something like that. was <laughs> silly. Meanwhile, across the lake, the Tyler family is attacked and murdered in their home by their <laughs> doppelgangers. <laughs> Straight
1: to the point. Yeah. They are just killed.
0: They didn't even have time to put up a fight. No introductions or anything. Like- no, because, like,
1: the way this house is set up, it's, like, a big open concept. So, like, there's a walkway that you could see from the bottom floor. Mm-hmm. And then the parents are being annoying and, like, Arguably. Fighting with yeah. each other. And then the twins come out, and then next thing you know, their doubles come out out of nowhere and just nonchalantly stab them. Right. Just out of nowhere.
0: Yeah. And I don't know if the parents are just like, haven't registered what happens. They don't freak out that quickly, honestly. No. <laughs> they're still just like, oh, no. They're probably like, like, oh, they're dead. <laughs> I mean, ah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> they did kind of suck. like. <laughs> <laughs> But, of course, there's, like, a comedic moment where they're, like, trying to tell their Alexa or whatever to call the version, police.
1: Call the police. <laughs> and it plays fuck the police. <laughs> yes. So now this music is playing.
0: Yes. And Kitty is, like, the last one alive of that family. Mm-hmm. And uh, she crawls to Josh's doppelganger, her husband's. Mm, yeah. And, like, I don't know, trying to beg him to stop. And he offers his hand, like, he's going to help her up and then just does, like, a...
1: Oh, yeah. Like,
0: slides his hand behind his head, like, you know, like, smooths his hair. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I hate that. I
1: know. It makes sense, though.
0: (laughs) It does. It's it's exactly like them.
1: (sighs) Learned behaviors.
0: Yes. So the Wilsons arrive and are attacked as well, but they manage to overpower and kill the Tyler's doubles. They turn on the news and learn that the Tethered have been murdering their equivalents across the city and subsequently joining hands to form a massive human chain similar to the one from the Hands Across America ad that Addie was shown watching as a child in flashbacks. The Wilsons decide to drive along the coast, leaving Addie in the house alone as they ready Jason's car to escape to Mexico. But one of the twins' doubles is still alive and attacks Addie as she's about to leave.
1: They're doing like flips and stuff around the the place. The yeah, twin doubles.
0: yeah, they're really creepy.
1: They're very nimble. It's very scary.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: <Like> back away. <laughs> Could you imagine just like walking in the house and then someone's flipping mm-hmm. towards you, trying to kill you?
0: Yeah. But I love how quickly they became desensitized to it, though, as well. Like to what was going on, because when they were watching the news, the one twin's just dead in front of them on the coffee table. Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: They are just, like, murder everyone? Yeah, just
0: like, they're just like, oh. <laughs> So that one disappears and uh, attacks Addie, and Jason walks in on her, making guttural, animalistic sounds as she aggressively, like, beats her to death. <laughs>
1: yeah. What? What are you looking at? <laughs> right. Like, I'm trying to save myself. Yes. Don't judge me.
0: <laughs> Once in the car, they realize Umbre is in the road, but Zora hits her and manages to throw her from the vehicle into a tree that gradually kills her. <laughs> God, she goes flying. Yeah, into the forest. And I will tell as well because I feel like it helps to understand Addy's true identity and everything too. Is uh, Addy goes into the woods to verify that Umbre is dead, mm-hmm. and kind of comforts her or tries to while she's just kind of hanging upside down in a tree laughing. Which is
1: weird. Yeah. Why do you care? Like, I mean, outside of making sure she's dead.
0: Yeah. No, like I don't know.
1: She has no connection and- to this.
0: And the child obviously does not care that she's dying. She's oh, laughing.
1: No. Yeah. Well, even if we go back to Kitty. Yeah. Like she she like, cut her face with the – they're carrying scissors. We didn't really oh, yes. mention that. Like these big golden shears almost. Yeah. They're, they're
0: all wearing these, like, red jumpsuits. Yeah. Yes. And um,
1: she was, like, cutting her face in the mirror. And then when she saw her husband's double die, she like, like first she started, like, screaming and then it turned into laughing. So they're all, like, very – crazy yeah (laughs) they don't
0: i think they're just reacting how they think they are supposed to i think
1: initially like to kitty like she initially started screaming and crying but then she it turned into a laugh so i think they're programmed almost or just used to like reacting how you know like you said how they think they would act but they're not right in in the head at all well then (laughs) yeah (laughs) they're great
0: yeah no they're all okay (laughs) Arriving at the boardwalk, the Wilsons find many townspeople slaughtered. The road is blocked by a burning car. Jason, realizing it is a trap set by Pluto, orders everyone out of the car. Before Pluto can ignite the family's car, Jason walks backwards, causing Pluto to do the same thing, and thus walk directly into the fire. Again, Addie is like, no, don't let him do that. Like... Oh. Yeah, she didn't want him to have him kill him or something. Yeah,
1: that's weird. I mean, because he was younger, like he was a young one. I I don't know.
0: I don't know. Somehow she sympathizes for these children for some reason or another.
1: Yeah, I think she would to a certain degree, but, like, they're trying to kill you. So, I mean, like, you have to go with that. Right. Like, let let them die. Plus, if
0: you let them live, they're going to kill your Your, direct child. Right. Not just your double. (laughs) like Yeah. While the Wilsons are distracted by Pluto burning to death, Red appears and snatches Jason away. Adelaide chases Red to the funhouse where they first met and finds a secret entrance that leads to an underground facility overrun by white rabbits, where she finds Red in a classroom. Red explains that the Tethered are actually genetic clones created by the government to control the populace. When the experiment failed, the tethered were abandoned underground for generations, mindlessly mimicking the actions of their counterparts in surviving on raw rabbit meat.
1: I have so many questions about that. I don't know if we (laughs) want to talk about it after the plot.
0: Yeah, we'll have a lot to discuss. Okay, we'll wait because I'm like, what? Girl. (laughs) After the other doppelgangers realized Red was different, she spent years organizing them to escape and take vengeance by murdering their counterparts. Red and Adelaide begin to fight, but Red evades and counters all of Adelaide's attacks. And she's very, like, smooth. Like, it's weird because she's very graceful, but it's creepy how graceful she is. Like Yeah.
1: Well, to make this, I guess, make a little bit more sense, Adelaide went through ballet classes. Yes. So when she was learning ballet, obviously her double.
0: Learned ballet as well. Yes. Right. She even says at one point, if it wasn't for you, I would have never learned how to dance or something. I would have right. never danced.
1: So... I think that's why she is so good with her movements. And also, I didn't want to mention the editing in this part because it jumps to them fighting to her dancing as a kid. Yeah. With that music. Right. Over it. That's one of my favorite sequences in, like—
0: It's really good, yeah.
1: —a lot of movies. Like, I remember that part, and I was really excited to watch it again. It was right. It's very beautifully done.
0: And you kind of see how the doppelgangers, while watching Red reenact what Addie is doing above— are impressed by this dance thing. Like it's I guess because it's so fluid and emotional and they are not mm-hmm. that kind of <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you just see them all laying hands on her like she's their chosen like messiah.
1: Mm-hmm. So and she talks so that helps.
0: Yes, that is that is the thing <laughs> as well. <laughs> when Adelaide allows Red to attack, she impales Red with a fireplace poker, then strangles her to death and breaks her neck. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, it's really odd and the whole time red's like trying to talk to her the whole time like or whistling or mm-hmm. something just very odd and uh, eventually Addie is just like so fed up with her she just like breaks her neck and
1: yeah she got one good hit in there cuz like red kept cutting oh, yeah. adelaide like a lot yes. with the scissors and stuff and then all it took was adelaide just to stab her with the poker right
0: and it was it was done yes she rescues Jason from a locker that he was stored in, and Jason also rescues one of the rabbits almost <laughs> oh, cute and he saw Addie kill red. Mm-hmm. I'll point out Sue, so he looks kind of shell shocked when she pulls him out. He's not like super like, "Mommy, I love you like, <laughs> yeah, what's going on?
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, dude, do you not see they've been here this whole time Mhm like why are you surprised? like I had a killer. <laughs>
0: While Adelaide drives the family away in the ambulance, she reflects on the night she first met Red and recalls that she herself is in fact the tethered clone
1: what? and that
0: Red was the original Adelaide. The clone had choked Adelaide unconscious, damaging her larynx, resulting in her hoarse voice, dragging her underground and trapped her there and returned to the surface to usurp Adelaide's place in her life. Jason looks at his mother, who smiles at him. And then we pan out across the like, a lot of landscape of the U.S. and the tethered have formed a human chain that stretches out of Santa Cruz into nearby cities as helicopters hover overhead.
1: Yeah. There's, yeah. like, smoke in the background. They're mm-hmm. really doing it. Yeah. They're, like, really doing it. So.
0: Yeah, there's even more symbolism with, like, the song, too. It's, like, um, I don't I forget what the song is called in the background. It's something, they fleur, but it's basically a song of, like freedom mm-hmm. yeah yeah and a new life yeah. yeah so i don't know happy ending maybe question mark uh, ish ish
1: i mean their leader's dead you could go home now
0: yeah now let's just like dive into like what we were going to talk about with the whole movie here
1: okay do we want to talk about logistic wise how this doesn't quite make a whole lot of sense first yes like, first let's do okay. that first of all thing that doesn't make sense the big reveal okay so adelaide isn't actually adelaide you know it's The real Adelaide was the one underground. So since the real Adelaide is underground now, does she all of a sudden become the tethered and she has to follow what the tethered is doing? You know what I'm saying? Because in theory, if the tethered is above wouldn't it follow what the real adelaide was doing underground now you know what i'm saying yeah so how does that logistically work?
0: when i looked into it like because i I, like i said i looked up a lot of stuff about like theories and stuff on this supposedly they control each other because they are sharing the same soul so it's not like one has more power over the other or at least like sometimes that power can change like Mm -hmm. it's believed at least in theories that when Addie wanders off in the very beginning mm-hmm. and finds the funhouse, it's the tethered forcing her to her.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I actually did think that at first because Adelaide, like, why was she going there? Right.
0: Yeah, like, her parents are clearly having a fight in front of her about her staying there. So yeah. why would she do that?
1: But I would think if they're so, like, at least with Addie and Red seem to have Adelaide's tether. It's so confusing because they're swapped technically. But if they have that push and pull dynamic, do you think like Adelaide ever – or Adelaide's tether above ground ever had instances where she's being forced by the one on the bottom? You know I, what I'm saying? I
0: imagine it must have over time too. And we see it in like the way that Addy, um, a.k.a. the tethered, uh, reacts when she like kills them. Like mm-hmm. she still sounds like – more animalistic than most people would in this mm-hmm. these situations. She, she seems overly aggressive and she like grunts and stuff like that. Like a lot like the tethered. Right. Do. And it also explains why she couldn't talk in the very beginning because she had to learn it.
1: Right. And yeah, uh, I just, I just don't understand the whole controlling. Like, do they have to always be or like, do you think that they were working independently? Like not controlling each other at that point? You know what I'm saying? like,
0: I don't know. I feel like there's, like, a lot of plot holes where it comes to, like, how much control is exerted over them, over each other. Also, because when we go down into the flashbacks and stuff like that, when we see tethered Addie bringing her down, try not to confuse them. I know. it's (laughs) But we see, like, everyone's, like, reenacting every single moment, basically, like, one after another, like, a bunch of. People are in a staircase reenacting like bo- like a roller coaster that mm-hmm. people are doing above. So that makes me wonder, how was Red able to separate herself from that and organize this whole rebellion if people are constantly compelled to do exactly what the person above them is doing? Yeah,
1: exactly. Because, like, they have to not be super compelled. They have to have
0: some degree of free will.
1: Yeah, because, again, that's how she was able to— break off in the beginning to begin with because she was able to. So, yeah, it's kind of, if you really think about it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, like, how that works out or, like, the, you know, specifics of it all.
0: Somebody said, too, I think, like, the closeness and proximity might be also why Red is able to exert more control over Addy in the beginning and when Red resurfaces. (laughs) so. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe because of the closeness. Yeah. They can do that. And maybe that's why when they were apart, she couldn't do as much.
1: Yeah. Maybe she was special after all, like more than just because they switched. Yeah. Only because there were a lot of people that were in close proximity to her that were also on the boardwalk. So any one of them, if it was a proximity thing, could in theory also.
0: Have done the same thing with their own double. Yeah.
1: Exactly. But she was the one who was like chosen. Like right. it happened to her. So maybe maybe she is special to a certain degree. Yeah. Outside even, of...
0: even despite being switched. Yeah. Maybe. Now mm-hmm. the theory with Jason. Some people assume that Jason was somehow swapped. At what point? I believe that they indicate that there's some sort of issue that happened last year when they were in, on vacation. Not shown to us something about like Jason not being careful with fire. And I guess it's assumed that maybe Jason got hurt and was then switched by Red at that time. And that's why Pluto has the scars on his face Mm -hmm. and stuff like that because original Jason wasn't good with fire. And then afterwards he was. I don't know. Well, the
1: only thing is, like, you can't swap them post-accident because, like, obviously, like, where did Jason's scars go? Or, like, you know, if they got swapped—
0: well, I mean, you could just say that he healed, but or he didn't get hurt. I don't know.
1: You know what I'm saying, though, because like if if real Jason was the one with the burns, right? Right, and he got swapped with the Jason who's completely fine.
0: <laughs> well, if he got the burns from the accident itself, mm-hmm. the the year before, it mm-hmm. wasn't like a he was born with it thing.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying, though. But, like, if you swap one that has burns and the other one doesn't, you're going to –
0: Well, no. What I'm saying is, like, if someone took them – like, so so say you fall down some stairs and break your arm. Yeah. And someone switches you in with a guy that didn't break his arm. Mm -hmm. And then they find you and you're like, oh, I'm fine. Like – Oh, yeah, but how would they – They wouldn't know that you broke your arm.
1: Right. But, like, so the the theory is during the accident they got swapped? I guess so. Like, how would that –
0: I I don't even really recall them even mentioning an exact (laughs) moment where he wasn't careful. Mm -hmm. I think Sora maybe mentions eventually he'll burn the house down kind of thing, but never like in a past scenario has he actually done it. So I I don't know. I don't think it's – I don't think it's the case.
1: Okay. Yeah, I don't think it got swapped. It's just
0: a weird theory. Oh, okay.
1: No, I was just – I was entertaining that theory. Yeah. Because it all just depends on when he got – A, when he got switched – versus when the one got scarred. That's all. Yeah. So I'm like, you can't just switch it. He looks <laughs> completely different now. Right, right. <laughs> that's all I was trying to say. Yeah.
0: Okay. Do you want to go into the hoppy legend of the Spider Woman and twins?
1: <laughs> yeah. That I was Do you have any say.
0: idea what this is? I about. have no
1: idea what you're you're talking about.
0: Okay. So I did the research for this before I watched it. So I actually heard it too mention. Once I started watching it. So when Addie gets pulled away and goes into the funhouse, in the background of the funhouse, they are telling this Native American legend in the background about this um, story of creation. Oh. Yeah. So I'm just going to be paraphrasing it because I couldn't find a really detailed explanation of the legend. Okay. So this is paraphrased from a Colossus article on us. In the article Us 2019, The Definitive Explanation, a story is shared during a scene in the Vision Quest funhouse. The story goes like this. Sutaknag, again, I'm not Native American, so I'm, I'm trying my best here, people, sorry, <laughs> approaches Taiwa and proudly shows him what he has accomplished. Taiwa acknowledges the work but reminds Sutaknag that it's not yet complete. Taiwa instructs Sudiknag to create life of all kinds and set it in motion according to his plan. Sudiknag then ventures into endless space and gathers substance to create his helper, the Spider-Woman. He tells Spider-Woman to look around and see the vastness of space, but notes that there is no joyful movement in the world. The world needs something more. The story referenced by Jordan Peele in Vision Quest is based on the Hopi, an indigenous tribe primarily located in Colorado and Arizona. This story, known as the Spider Woman and the Twins, is a creation myth. Sutinog initially created the earth, but it was not yet suitable for habitation. Taiwa's comment, it is very good, but you are not done with it, refers to this incomplete state acting as a good manager. Sutinog delegates the task to the Spider Woman. I won't even bother trying to say her name, because every other time they refer to her as the Spider-Woman. So the Spider-Woman then proceeds to create two beings, twins, who question their purpose and existence. To the twin on the right, Spider-Woman declares that their duty is to maintain order in the world when life is introduced. They are to touch the earth, solidify it. To the twin on the left, Spider-Woman assigns the responsibility of spreading sound throughout the land, earning them the name Echo. In the First People website... Sutanag emphasizes the need for life on the Earth, mentioning the absence of joyful movement and sound. He bestows upon the twins the power, knowledge, wisdom, and love to create life and bless all the beings they bring into existence. The twins diligently shape the world and make it habitable. Their joint efforts ensure that the land is suitable for life. Eventually, one twin resides at the North Pole while the other resides at the South Pole, keeping the world in proper rotation. The collaboration between the twins and the Spider-Woman results in the Earth as we know it. The story concludes with Sutanog's delight as the beauty of the world, including the land, plants, birds, animals, and the power that flows through them. He excitedly invites Taowa to witness the completed world which Taowa deems ready for human life, the final element of his plan. And then in another interpretation of the Hopi twin mythology, the twins of balance were born to the sun and moon. They were sent to the earth by the creator to restore balance and harmony, which had been disrupted by the actions of the people. The twins were given special powers and knowledge to fulfill their mission. The first twin, known as the warrior, was strong and courageous. He represented masculine energy and was responsible for protecting and defending the natural order of things. The warrior fought against injustices and worked to restore balance in the world. The second twin, known as the peaceful one, represented the feminine energy. He possessed wisdom, compassion, and a deep understanding of the interconnectedness of all things. The peaceful one worked to heal and bring harmony to the world through peaceful means. Together, the Twins of Balance traveled across the land teaching the people about the importance of living in harmony with nature and each other. They taught the Hopi people about the sacredness of all life and the need to respect and care for the earth. The legends of the Twins of Balance serves as a reminder of the importance of balance and harmony in our lives and in the world around us. It teaches us to strive for a balance between strength and compassion, action and reflection, and to live in harmony with nature and each other. So, basically, what that all boils down to is the mythology that Jordan Peele references is, like, the best case scenario of this doppelganger existence. Yeah. And, and us is, like, the worst case scenario. Yeah,
1: I was going to say, the tethered have it so bad. Like, yeah. There's no balance or harmony nowhere. Yes, exactly. Like, it sucks for them <laughs>
0: so yes. bad.
1: So interesting
0: yeah and well and there's also class symbolism too as well so it's very have have not especially for the tethered so like yeah just think of how like jealous they should be
1: (laughs) yeah seriously forget what what's his name the gabe (laughs) and his boats fuck your boat man Mm -hmm. like these people have nothing they eat raw rabbit like come on no thank you no thank you be happy with what you got you're on vacation currently yes my dude Mm -hmm. i don't
0: know but I guess it's also kind of like a warning too for the US, the government basically, and and people itself.
1: Warning to the by the
0: government? A warning to the government that like uh-huh. the people might surpass try to surpass them at some point because of being neglected.
1: Yeah. Uprising. Like
0: like the tethered. <laughs> for those of you who
1: can't see <laughs> Stephanie, she <laughs> waved her hands back and forth. <laughs> As if that means
0: the tethered. The tethered. <laughs> they did hold hands. <laughs> You're right. They did.
1: Thank you for listening. If you enjoy the show and listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, giving us a five-star rating is super helpful, and we will always appreciate it.
0: You can find us on social media at 13 Degrees of Screams.
1: This has been 13 Degrees of Screams, and we will see you next week.
0: I want to hold your hand I wanna hold your
1: hand, and then murder you, oh, or murder you, then That's real hand. dark. That's what happened. <laughs>